is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I am Marcus. That was uh, that was Josh Amaral. Josh Amaral was a, a two-term member of the New Bedford School Committee. I actually got elected when he was like nineteen, I think. Um, when I was nineteen, I got to tell you, I was not interested in electoral politics. So uh, he's a bit ahead of me in his uh, in his civic engagement for sure. But uh, Josh is the director of Housing Community Development. I think did a great job laying out Mayor Mitchell's plan, uh, his plan as well, uh, their their plan for this uh, to tackle the you know the seemingly intractable housing crisis um, that is uh, you know impacting people uh, in New Bedford, in the South Coast, throughout the country. So I'm going to thank Josh for for joining me, and I'm, I'm hoping to have more segments with Josh. I think people enjoyed his his segment with Tim. People enjoyed this segment. Now I got to ask him questions. I thought he did outstanding. And, you know, hopefully Josh can come on and join us more um, as they talk about, you know, the Mitchell administration's uh, 22-point housing plan. So uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. We'll also take your messages on the app chat. If you've got a call, let's let's go to it. Good evening. You're live. Yeah. They need to bring back rent control. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, enough of this sitting here talking, promising people stuff, never getting anything done. It's time to bring back rent control. That's supposedly in Boston. They're supposedly working on something now. I haven't heard anything. Well, so for for people who may not know, um, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Um, So for people who may not know about the the rent control uh, the proposal in Boston, there was a rent. Well, Michelle Wu, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, proposed it as a rent stabilization um, home rule petition. So a home rule petition is basically, and this is how New Bedford would have to do it too. A home rule petition is a petition that is passed by both the legislative body and the executive branch of. Uh, a, a city or town in Massachusetts, right? And after it pa- it has to be signed, but it has to be passed by both. It has to be passed by. So in this case, it has to, it has to be passed by both the city council and signed by a mayor. No veto override. There, that is not an option here. He has to the mayor has to sign it. So they have to once it passes um, the city. City council. Well, once it passes the city council, it is signed by the mayor. It is sent to the state house. It then has to pass both chambers of the state house and be signed by the governor to be in effect. 
an, an example of a home rule petition that passed was the home rule petition from Fair, for Fair Haven that got a recently that changed uh, the select board member, uh, the select board from three members to five. So a lot of that stuff is like change in the charter and all of that uh, change in the uh, change in, changes in charter, changes in policies like rent control. Um, that has to go through the home rule petition process. So in Boston, they have a home rule petition. I believe it's a ten percent um, is the is it's a rent stabilization question. I believe it's ten percent. Uh, it, it it caps the raises at ten percent. New buildings are exempted for I think the first fifteen years. Um, there's a bunch of you know there's a a bunch of exceptions and all of that. It's it's a fairly I think complex issue with some complex um, you know. Uh, uh, nuanced sort of um, components, we'll say, uh, to it, but it's passed. Uh, it passed. Uh, Michelle Wu proposed it to the city council. It, you know, went through various committees and all of that. It got amended. I think it got. I don't think it got amended much. I think the the Boston City Council, by and large, wanted to show a united front with the mayor on this. Didn't want to debate it too much. I think. Actually, some of the criticism from some of the counselors was, was that it didn't go far enough, but it passed 11 to 2 in the Boston City Council. Mayor Michelle Wu signed it. It is now going to the State House. Now, in the State House, it has to be voted on by, like I said, both the House and the Senate. If it passes, it would then have to be signed by Governor Healy. I had Lieutenant Governor Driscoll on and asked her about how, what they feel about rent control, rent stabilization. Um I think fairly, I would say the answer was fairly noncommittal towards uh, supporting it. I, I think saying, oh, we acknowledge that it's a tool in the toolbox that they may, may want to use and we're keeping a close eye on it. So I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't define her answer as, as, as uh, enthusiastic support. Um, I think, uh, in fact, Governor Healy has said she doesn't believe in the policy, but wouldn't keep the legis wouldn't keep um, municipalities from uh, passing their own rent control process if it came to her desk because she'd have to sign up on it, sign off on it. So, but that still would mean it'd have to go through both chambers. I imagine the Healy Driscoll administrations had conversations with legislative leadership on that, and they have an idea of you know basically where they want um, you know they have an idea of how this is going to go. And I, I think it's probably at this juncture, not going to go anywhere in terms of through the state house. I think what's going to happen is it's going to end up being a statewide ballot question in the next election, maybe in the 2024 election. I think that's what they're building momentum towards. I want to say that's what it is, but that's the process right now. If that's what, that's what happened in Boston for it to happen in New Bedford, if they were to move forward, let's say they, you know, let's say if they're going by the process, the city council is going by the process they expressed, let's say people vote said, Hey, let's do rent stabilization. Then they would have to put together a, they would have to put together a home rule petition basically. And they'd have to, here's the thing. They would need the mayor's signature. They need it. They cannot get around it. You need the signature of the executive branch. There is not a veto override in this circumstance. It is not possible. It is not an avenue that they can, they, 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 the, the, it needs the consent of the executive and the legislative branch or home petition in order for it to be passed. So they would need the mayor's consent on that. They could not do it otherwise.
508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM app. Um, JJ in Fairhaven says, liberals seem to think the answer to everything is spending taxpayer money liberally. Um, I mean, if you have a, I don't know, private sector policy proposal to deal with the demand and housing supply, let me know. Uh, the thing is, is that, you know, I think a lot of these things are actually geared towards helping the private sector, like uh, HDIP um, is gotten, I think, criticized, cri some criticism from the left for uh, having, giving giving the private, giving developers, um, fairly deep pocketed developers, uh, more money in, 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 the, in the way of tax credits to build housing. Um, so, you know, um, there are certain things that the government has to do in order for the government to do it. They need taxpayer funds to do that. So um, I don't know if there's a way to do it without spending taxpayer money. I'm certainly interested in hearing that proposal. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Take your messages on the app chat as well. Again, I want to thank, well, I want to thank New Bedford Light reporter Will Senat for coming on and uh, talking about the Eastern Fisheries uh, layoff and the Blue Harvest um, layoff uh, as well. Uh, seems to be some big shakeups labor-wise happening uh, over in the in our seafaring industries here uh, in New Bedford. So we're we're, gonna, we're counting, I think, on on good reporters like Will to track that um, and come here to South Coast tonight and uh, and talk about it more. You know, or any other any any one of our programming uh, our great. Uh, programs here on WBSM. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's, I think I answered the rent and control question thoroughly. Unless anybody else has any questions on that, I'll take your questions on that. I'll take your questions on uh, maybe something uh, Josh couldn't answer that maybe I might know. I don't know as much as Josh does about this stuff. Or probably a lot of stuff. Um, but I'll do my best. Uh, I've read Mitchell's plan. So, um, and Mayor Mitchell's on today, I believe. And, you know, he'll be on more in the future too. And you can call him on, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the mornings uh, and ask, you know, in his weekday segment uh, and ask him those questions too on Tim's show. So... Yeah, so 508-996-0500. We'll also take your messages on the app. Um, someone's messaging me, uh, Wailing City resident. A lot of talk about CPA funding. Yeah, I, well, here's the thing. So, um, you know, I think we've covered this issue pretty thoroughly. Uh, there was, an, uh, I think, an amendment, uh, a ballot question that was sort of carelessly thrown onto the um, carelessly thrown onto the ballot this year uh, to ask residents whether or not they support the CPA without really any little floor debate or any real facts surrounding, you know, what would happen uh, if this was repealed and what the benefits are uh, of it. So I think it's important to talk about the benefits, especially since, you know, there's some people I think that, um, you know, are in positions uh, of public prominence that either, you know, don't know the issues uh, or are, um, mis misrepresent uh, don't know the benefits of this, the Community Preservation Act or are misrepresenting um, the benefits of the Community Preservation Act 
um, based on some of the things that we've heard, uh, you know, people in, in, in those positions say. So it's important ground to cover. I, I think actually ultimately that that question, the veto on that question will be will will be sustained. But um, it's still until that moment, I think it's still worth talking about and probably worth talking about further. Um, further. Uh, just in case, you know, uh, somebody tries to, you know, make an attempt to build momentum towards killing that policy again, um, as as what just happened. So, yeah. So five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. I did get a hang of this phone. It is it is very. I actually like the phone. So the phone aesthetically looks cool. I think. I think aesthetically it looks cool. I like that there's a Wareham the line i don't know why um but uh, as tim pointed out this morning there's no area codes on the phone i was i remember the time where you didn't have to dial area codes um in like the 90s uh i think a better time and i think actually this phone it's got like it's sort of gray coloring and very vibrant um, not vibrant, but colorful blue and red buttons. I think it, it sort of harkens back to a time where a lot of appliances and vehicles and sort of uh, everything had a bit more character than it does now. I think things nowadays have been, you know, logos, uh, you know, everything back then seemed to be a little bit more distinct and have char- more character and color than it does now. It feels like everything now is like been like sleek, you know, it's like too sleek right? Too sleek in, in, in uniform. And uh, you don't really get, you see it in, you know, I think you see it in like sports jerseys, cars, you know, logos, art, even appliances like this, um, even appliances like this, this, uh, this, this, this phone, which is fairly old, but still working, I think demonstrates um, sort of the, the loss of character and in, in color uh, of, of um, uh, our, our society, I guess. That's why you're seeing a lot of it come back. You know, you're seeing a lot of that 90s aesthetic come back because people are nostalgic because (laughs) things are getting worse. (laughs) All right. I'm going to stop. I'm talking about this phone has led me down a uh, path of uh, towards um, expression of uh, existential dread. And um, I don't wish to continue that any further. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a break. When we get back, we can get to your calls at 508-996-0500. We can get to your app chat messages on the WBSM app chat. And uh, this is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, and uh, happy Wednesday. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus Farrow. How's it going? uh, So I was against you when you were for the uh, ballot question that would, uh, I believe was a ballot question, the uh, allowing um, the licensing of illegal or undocumented citizens. Yeah. You were for that, correct? I was, well, so I was actually against the ballot question um, because the ballot question was passed. I mean, that was largely done by, um, you know, that that was a orchestrated by I think people at this actually well, at the this station. Well, the ballot question was to rescind the law. It was to repeal yeah, the law. That, so I was I against the ballot question. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, against but, the ballot question. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. you were, but you you were, you were for um, allowing the registry to um, license. Um, yeah, I was for un- the law. I was, I was for the I was for the law that the legislature passed. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was against, I mean, I, I disagreed with you then, but I'm starting to change my mind coming away around to your side. Oh, yeah? This is, um, the people are with us. We have to, they're here. <laughs> they're our yeah. neighbors, right? <laughs> yes. We, I, and we don't, but the problem is we have a, uh, a two-tiered system where there's licensed drivers and then there's licensed drivers. So we're, we're admitting they're second-class citizens. Yeah. Just by, by the nature of that uh, provision in the law. Yes. So how do we get them up to full citizen rights without making them citizens? That's a hard, hard road. But what I'm getting at is uh, the folks that want to get the National Labor Relations Board to allow them to unionize. Either they're paying federal taxes, they pay the National uh, Labor Relations Board to defend their rights to unionize, yeah. or or they are undocumented citizens that these companies can exploit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a conundrum. I'm, I, don't, I don't want them to exploit it, but I also don't want them to get rights they don't, they don't deserve. Well, maybe they do deserve rights. I mean, the, the thing is, is that the thing is, is that the, frankly, I think, you know, Will, one of the things that Will, I think, and in other, uh, the, you know, incidences like this shined a light on is that I think our you know, the, the fishing industry is heavily reliant on migrant labor. And so we're asking these... Um, the history of the city has been reliant on migrant labor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so a lot of new. these people are building wealth for... I mean, they're building wealth for these these fishing companies uh, like Eastern Fisheries and, and, and others. Just like, and, my, and, just like my grandfather did for one of the mills in uh, Eves, actually, from Fall River. Yeah, they're build, they're building wealth. They're building wealth for this company, and what this company is essentially saying is, "Oh, we thought there was a way we could do this without having to, you know, be liable for, you know, some of the misdeeds that we well, might they, be liable for." It's, it's really they're, it's kind of gross. They're playing, they're playing to the law of the land. Yeah, well, so I it's the law of the land that might need to be changed, not the uh, well. The law. I mean, the, the, the immigration laws definitely. To it. The 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 immigration laws definitely do need to be. Um, do need to be changed, obviously. Well, the one it's... I'm getting at is, can you have two classes? We Right now, as it exists, we have two classes of citizens. And by the way, I don't know if you ever heard this term. I heard this when I was a, much younger uh, in a manufacturing setting. Um, they used to call, they didn't call them illegals or undocumented, you know, whatever the Orwellian term today is. They, they used to say DPs. What's that stand for? You ever hear what a DP stood for? It was a displaced person. Oh. I think what it meant to the the, the HR department, about, you know, an old manufacturer. That seems even or, more. That seems even more pejorative than well, illegals or undocumented. They didn't care about pejorative. This is, I'm just yeah. telling you what what it was. Was um, they didn't care about? There was no political correctness. This is back in the '70s. DPs, d- displaced persons, were people who would work for a lower wage, you know, longer hours. They might not file a, uh, you know, a labor law uh, violation against you. They were better. I'm just saying, this is exploiting people that are below the law as opposed to being above the law, right? People who don't get protection from the law is 
a way that companies make money. Yeah, I agree. And so, anyway, you know, I don't know. So if we get that's why. I mean, people, and that's and that's part of that reasoning is why you know if you're a worker. And it doesn't matter what your immigration status is. If you if you're a worker, if you've been working for a company, you're entitled to worker protections. Well, so I would say this: I would say that um, if somebody comes here and works and wants worker protections uh, afforded to the the various uh, labor laws of this country. We need to make a special status, a special status, full, full rights, full taxpayer, full, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, payroll deductions. And you're on, and, and, and we know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not here under a, you know, under the plur or a, uh, a alias. We know who you are. I mean, we really know who you are, you know, DNA, fingerprints or whatever. And it's look. If you keep here for X number of years and you pay all your taxes and you enjoy all the national labor law protections, we're going to make you a citizen. Yeah, I agree. And I, mean, I mean, that's what we need. Like, we need yeah. these people. We don't need yeah. to make them second-class citizens. I agree. Anyway, I don't know how – I mean, so when my – I don't know what your family, Marcus. Well, my – I was thinking about it. My grand, great-grandfather uh, came here to Fall River, actually. But he bought a house. You guys were talking about housing. Mm-hmm. He, he made, I mean, he obviously figured out the economy was right maybe for him to do it. Yeah. That decision was critical to the development of the, the, his uh, uh, his family right. going forward. And that's what we want for these people. And the economy changed, but the... Seems like the government's in the way of letting them. Yeah, the yeah the the problem is the issue is too politi- politically charged now for them to actually do anything about it. It's unfortunate. Well, listen, I I, I know you had some great calls earlier that uh, people were saying, "How did it change when people used to, um, you know, develop these triple deckers and everybody lived there?" Well, they they actually lived, they didn't live one to one room; they lived four to one room, right? Yeah. Right. That's that's the way it worked, and that and that and those people saved money that way, and then they bought one, and that the American dream. And right now, the um, the numbers are really tough, and the developers don't want to touch it because, well, the prices are, are long, the materials are too high to build, the the regulation is too tough to overcome. I mean. It, listen, if I want a guy to come in and put a new toilet in for me and I have to pull a permit, he's going to say, listen, I I can charge you $90 an hour. I can do it in an hour plus the materials. But if I have to go get a permit, that's going to cost me a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think that's why... Uh you know, Josh and, and, and Mayor Mitchell have this proposal put forward to try to get rid of some of that red tape. Hey, listen, I appreciate the call. Thanks. Uh, I'm thanks have a great night. Bye. You as well. So 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the central points of the story uh, that Will wrote was that, um, you know, even though they're, they're, you know, some of those migrant workers might not have a, a legal status um, in terms of residency, they are still they still have legal protections as workers. They're still 
building wealth for Eastern fisheries, right? They were still doing a job that built wealth for them and were taken advantage of by Eastern fisheries. And I think their residential status actually shouldn't impact, you know, their right, their um, their opportunity and right to earn, a, you know, earn a decent wage while they are building wealth for a company like Eastern Fisheries. And again, I, I think it's striking. I, I do understand where they're at uh, in terms of, hey, if we're if we're still employers under the temp eight, you know, if we're still employers, if we still we still have a joint employee status, we might as well just go through this process ourselves and hire people ourselves. Right. But uh, it's still striking to me that it seems like an open admission that they, they are and other companies that use temp agencies are using temp agencies to get around fair labor protections for people, right? To get around those labor laws. Really, uh, I think, uh, unfortunate stuff. Um, so 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast Tonight. Again, thanks to Will Senant and Josh Amaral for joining me this evening. I think um, they both presented some pretty um, compelling, uh, some pretty compelling stuff. I, I liked Will's, I like I like a lot of Will's, I like all of Will's work about the, um, the ocean industries in New Bedford. He writes a lot about what's happening on the waterfront. He has a, you know, a sprawling uh, ProPublica story with, um, with uh, New Bedford Light um, about, uh, you know, sort of the uh, consolidation of the fishing industry and the, and the toll it's had on the, the actual people who are fishing themselves. It's really, really good stuff. We actually, he actually came in, I think, the second or third show on South Coast tonight to have a long-form discussion on it. It was really good. Um, that can also, that you can find that in the podcast. You can actually find... Uh, I don't know if I've uploaded the Josh Amaral podcast yet, though, uh, but the Will Senat, the interview with Will Senat's definitely available on podcast. So you can go to WBSM.com. You can go to the WBSM app. You can go to Apple's, Apple Podcasts. That's my preferred. Um, well, for so for everything else but South Coast Tonight or t- the Tim Weisberg Show or the Barry Richard Show or the Jess Machado Show or the Phil Paleologa Show, for any, any show but that, I... I use Apple Podcasts, but if I want the the to subscribe to those shows, I actually use the WBSM app. I get app alerts now for those shows when those podcasts are uploaded, and I think that's actually a really good way to make sure that you're getting to listen to stuff that you may have missed or re-listen to stuff that you want to hear again. Maybe um, you might have missed... Uh, you know, maybe you tuned in at 7.30 and you missed like half of uh, Will Senat's interview. Well, that podcast is already up uh, and you'd know, you know, you'd, you'd be one of the first people to, 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 to know that if you're able to, um, you know, uh, turn on the uh, notifications for the South Coast Tonight podcast on, on the WBSM app. So it's a really important feature. Um, I think that you should take advantage of. I know there's a lot of people that are doing it. But the more people, the merrier. Um, so you can also check out some stories we got on WBSM.com. We, of course, have uh, recently I wrote a story on Joe Lopes' announcement that he's running for Ward 5 City Council. He was a city councilor in Ward 6 for about, I think, 12 or so years. And he also was a city council president four times, including his most recent term that ended in uh, in 2022. He, he had 
Lost to Ryan Pereira in the 2021 election, but he's running in Ward 5. He's a homeowner in Ward 5 and running in Ward 5 with the endorsement of uh, outgoing city councilor Scott Lima and uh, his predecessor, Kerry Winterson. So 508-996-0500. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. Uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to I'm actually going to take a break and then when we get back, um, we can go to your phones. We can go to the phones. We can go to the app chat. However, uh, you want to join in on the conversation. That's all fine with me. Or if you just want to listen, hey, that's that that's cool too. That's cool too. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. So we're going to take a break. We'll, we'll be right back here on uh, on South Coast tonight. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Bible. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Most of our troops built this house, and it's basically made for him. My dad can get through the wide doorways. When he is making our lunch, he can reach anything we need. He'll help me build tiny projects. Life is good here. Without Homes for Our Troops, we'd be living in a home that didn't have all these features that helped him. Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. If they get a new house like this one, it'll help them, like, do normal life. My dad's not just a hero. He's my hero. Join our mission at HFOTUSA.org. Have your voice heard right now on South Coast Tonight. Call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. And welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. If you want to join me this evening, we'll also take your messages on the app chat. So, um, again, check out that story I have on WBSM.com, Joe Lopes. Um, former Ward 6 city councilor. Uh, recently purchased a home in Ward 5, actually, and he's running for the Ward 5 city council seat. Now, what's interesting, uh, I know Jack Spillane just wrote about this, but what's interesting is, um, and, and I'm sure it's been talked about, it's public record. Uh, so when you pull papers, when you pull nomination papers uh, to run for public office, uh, you know, it is uh, it is on record. It's public record. So your name, address, et cetera, it becomes record. And... Um, and what office you pulled for. So uh, for now outgoing Ward 5 City Councilor Scott Lima is, is, has pulled papers for at-large. Um, seems like he is considering a run for at-large, uh, not committed to it yet. Um, he uh, did his statement, I will say, and I, I noted this actually when we made the announcement here on South Coast tonight that he wasn't running again. He had, he had given us that uh, had given us a, a brief statement to to announce on the air um, is that it it actually explicitly says um, for Ward Five it, it doesn't actually it actually does leave room to run for for other uh, for other offices like at large or, or mayor or another position so um, I think that was very carefully worded in that sense so it's interesting to see uh, how that might um, how that will play out if he does decide to to run at large. I think he'd obviously be a very strong candidate having been a city councilor for, um, having been a city councilor for about, I think six years, right? He did, uh, did three terms, having been a city councilor for three terms. And then, uh, you know, he's got the citywide profile now. Um, so I think he'd be a very strong candidate in that field. 
uh, where I think few people have, I think he's right now the only at-large candidate to have um, pulled, uh, to to have pulled papers thus far. Um, we do have another announcement uh, tomorrow. I, I've always encouraged people if they want to announce their candidacy for an office um, or if they want to announce that they're no longer seeking an office or that they're not running for office, I've always encouraged these airwaves uh, with with me and with Chris uh, as as a forum for that to happen. I think we've been able to do that very effectively um, throughout um, throughout this program, communicating some uh, you know with some uh, candidates in the Ward Three City Council race, uh, the special election with Hugh Dunn announcing his resignation. He announced he announced it here with us on South Coast tonight. Actually, that was an exclusive. Um, so was uh, Councilor Lima's announcement that he was not going to seek the Ward 5 City Council seat. So was uh, Joe Lopes's announcement that he was going to seek the Ward 5 City Council seat. So we've done, I think, I think this has been a good forum for people to make their voice heard. And, uh, you know, uh, I think a good springboard for their platform to run for office, not just here, but really throughout the South Coast. We're, we're, we're tracking elections all over the, the region. You know, we're, you know, we talked, we covered the Freetown Lakeville School Committee race. We covered, um, we covered uh, the Freehaven School Committee race, the Dartmouth School Committee race. Those results are in. Uh, you know, those results are in. There are some new members on the Fairhaven and Dartmouth School Committee uh, and uh, congratulations to them. Also, congratulations to the congratulations to those who, who got reelected. So I think we're going to see more. There is school, there are school committee seats up for reelection in New Bedford this year as well. There's a race going on also in the Tri-Town for school committee that we're going to be covering here. I think those elections are a little bit further down the road. So we'll definitely take some time uh, to cover them uh, because that seems to be an issue a lot of uh, everybody's really focused on is, is the school committee issues and, and what's going on in the public schools uh, and public education more broadly. So um, again, you know, I uh, want to congratulate the winners of this, the school committees, school committee races, uh, school committee members, Blum and, and, and Clark in Freetown and Lakeville. Um, the uh, uh, Kathleen Amaral and uh, Bess Coughlin in Dartmouth um, and in Fairhaven, uh, Brian Monroe and Steph Pickup, the winners of those races uh, for being elected back to the, uh, some reelected to the school committee, some serving for the, um, some, just elected for the first time so you know i've i've talked to all of them i said the only time they'd like to come on and share um talk about issues that are important in um in the uh local schools we're we're of course always happy to have those conversations here uh with them so with that uh, i'm going to take a break 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening also taking your messages on the app chat this is uh this is south coast tonight and I'm Marcus here on uh, 1420 WBSF. Hey, welcome back. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. How are you doing? Good. How's it going? Oh, I got, got onto your program a little late. It's but okay. But say, say, Marcus, you're a liberal. What do you feel about rent control? Are you for it or against it? You're a liberal now. Yeah, I'm inclined to. I'm, I'm inclined to support it. I, I just. I, I think that there's a lot of cases. I think of of uh, unscrupulous, especially institutional landlords that are. Um, that are, uh, uh, you know, I think price gouging. I think there's, I think it's reasonable. I think you got to look at it in that, in that light. And I think there are, 
there's no federal laws against price gouging because, of course, this is America. Why would there be, right? But yeah. um, there are state regul, you know, there are certain state laws and regulations and attorneys general attorney general guidances on price gouging. And so I think you got to look at some of these circumstances in which rents are being raised at an exorbitant rate and say, hmm. Well, you know, we have to do something to regulate this a little bit. So I'm inclined to support it. But, you know, I, you know, I, I also uh, understand the, the, the reluctance to 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 execute it. I see. Uh, okay. uh, what do you got up for, the, uh, for, to, for tomorrow? What's coming up? Well, we got a city council candidate that's announcing uh, tomorrow. Uh, and we might have somebody on uh, actually an, uh, a current member of the city council on to talk about some stuff i'm just you know uh, it's one of those thursday's one of those days where um you know i'm going to you know a guest might uh, come a little bit later on in the day some sometimes my weeks planned out or sometimes my shows planned out uh, well ahead of time mm-hmm. sometimes i'm just you know sort of reacting to the goings on of the week and i'm i'm booking people you, as we go can, along can you give any idea of what office the person will be running for tomorrow is a city or something? city yeah. council <laughs> Oh, a city councilor. Okay. City council. It's not at a city councilor. It's not a city councilor. It's someone running for city council. Okay, at large. Oh, you'll have to you'll have to tune in you, to find you out. You won't say that they're running for a certain. Uh, I can't uh, tell you which seat. Oh, that giveaway. Oh, that giveaway. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have an, with that announcement tomorrow, yeah. and. Um, we're also we might have another city councilor on tomorrow. I'm trying to. Well, it's I'm trying to. I'm hoping uh, Ian Abrew is going to join us to talk about. He actually wants to talk about the Community Preservation Act and some other things. But I think he's got some obligations he's going to have to iron out before he's able to do that. But if I can't get him on this week, I'll get him on next week. Well, but, that Community Preservation Act it's non-binding, so it really doesn't mean anything. Well, no, because it's building momentum to 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 try to kill the law. And in actually, and in fact. Um, you, you uh, Councillor Moore at it, you know, when she proposed it, said, well, listen, if they've, you know, if they vote yes on it, if, you know, people vote yes to repeal it, then you've got to put the binding question on. So it's an if it's a campaign to build momentum to kill it. So it does mean something, I, I think. Well, I could see where maybe some taxpayers might say, well, I'm really not that much against it. But since we're getting taxed through the nose here, ah, I'm going to vote against it. Yeah, there's a protest vote. Yeah, that's the problem, though, right? It's 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 a that's 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 the problem. I think you know when you have a, somebody in an elected position that's been saying things about the benefits of the program that are that are wrong, uh, either by their own you know uh, misinformational law or just being purposely misleading, then that that could lead to certain votes like that. And I, I think I want to make sure people have as much information on uh, about it as they can if it actually gets to the ballot. I don't. I think actually the the veto is going to be sustained on that question. So we'll see. Can you ask me another question? Scott Lima, why do you think he walked away from the from the job? He seemed to be doing a good job and interested and Yeah. What, what, did, did he give he you never, any insight he didn't, as to why he, didn't, he did No, he didn't specify reasons. He, he didn't specify publicly um why uh so he didn't specify publicly. He did pull papers for at large. So, um, oh, he and, pulled papers for at large. Yeah, and he didn't specify publicly uh why uh why he he um, Was he the guy coming on tomorrow night? He is not the guy coming on tomorrow, so it's not Scott Lima. I'll tell you that much. It's not Scott. Okay. So um, uh, he's not the guy coming on. But um, you know, I, I Scott's a Scott's a smart guy. He's, yeah, he's he was a good. He's a, he was definitely a good city councilor. So I'm sure he's got a. Yeah, I've watched whatever, him on TV. Yeah, I'm sure whatever. Uh, I, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm unsure of 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 why he's the, the. I'm unsure of the maneuver, but I'm sure he's got a good reason for it. But so he's not walking away. Then is what you're telling me. I don't even know. Okay. 
think you let this cat out of the bag. I, here. I have no, no. I wish I really I wish. I, get you to, I wish I had. I wish. I wish. I. I wish I could let the cat out of the bag, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I do. I don't know. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. I, I, I can't let the cat out of the bag, but I don't know. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't let. There's no cat to be let out in the bag. The bag's empty. So. Well, again, I want to go back to one of the thing on the Fairhaven side. Sure. Uh, uh, Stephanie Pickup. Yeah. She had you guys in the palm of her hand. You, like, know, you guys listen, were soft. Two strong guys from the left and from the right. And we're for the override. She came in there and she had you guys. She was working you guys like a, like putty in her. You guys were putty in her hands. So, uh, St- I was laughing listening to the whole thing. St- Stephanie's, uh, Stephanie's definitely got a, a very... Uh, a, she's got a... Persuasive? She's not not well. Listen, I'm not persuaded. I, I think that she's got a good. I think she's got a very. Um, she's got a lot of good energy, and so. Yeah, so I, I, I and I, that. it's also it's Friday night. We you were guys, giving away tickets. Melted, I'm not. I'm not in the. You melted know, like candles. Not melted 